we'll go ahead and dismiss the uh, up through the fifth grade, and then the middle school and high school will stay in here if we, if you don't mind. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here today, and so great to see you. Maybe just take a moment, look around. We've got a number of familiar faces, maybe some ones that we haven't seen before, and we're grateful that you're here in the worship with us today. I want to begin uh, by introducing uh, Ron Oreck, who, uh, Ron, where are you? Please go ahead and stand up here. Ron is uh, placing membership this morning, and we want to uh, just give him a round of applause and recognize him. He recently moved to St. Louis from uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. He retired from the University of Arkansas, was uh, worked in human, uh, in the uh, personnel office. I, what do you call it, Ron? Uh, say again? Career services. Okay, great. Thank you. Member of the uh, West Ark Church of Christ there and was active in the campus ministry. And in fact, he uh, helped uh, initiate the campus ministry there at the University of Arkansas, Fort Smith. And uh, what, a, what a gift to our congregation. We're grateful for your, your interest and your passions and your spirit of volunteerism, uh, Ron. And so we look forward to putting you to work. He is married to Colleen. They reside right here in Brentwood. So uh, meet Ron right after the service. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to getting to know you better, Ron. Our series, obviously, as we've already hit upon this this morning, is Better Together. And uh, we are thinking about this idea. You remember the very first week I put up the title of Philip Yancey's book, Church, Why Bother? And how many of us particularly maybe even folks that aren't here this morning, have thought about that again and again, and particularly during this, uh, it's a nagging question during this pandemic. I believe, in fact, that we have, most of us, have developed many coping strategies for how to do life without one another. And that particularly the pandemic has helped bring that along. As we're so, as we've leveraged our highly connected digital world, whether that's your iPhone or your com computer or your smart TV, we've found ways to not require one another. But I want to suggest that those coping strategies are not in our best interest. They're inferior to better together. I think this group of high school students right here and the camaraderie and the relationships that you guys are building, man, you are a testament. And you're a, you're a really good living witness for the rest of us in terms of life together. You remember the quote, there are two things we cannot do alone. One is to be married, 
and the other is to be a Christian. But I would argue that most folks in America probably don't really believe this today. We've lost that much of the sense of community. And this isn't about browbeating. This isn't about browbeating to get you here or to do something in particular. It's about, to, it's about something much deeper. What you most need to be the best you and for us to be what God wants us to be. From the New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. That is a collective view of things. We're created to be together. So better together, if we think about it then, what does God want us to be? Well, he wants us to be like him, Christ-like people, transformed into his likeness individually, but he wants that for his community, a Christ-like community. In other words, like the Trinity itself, we are individuals in community where Christ dwells. Jesus lives in the body. He's the head. The head needs a body. The body needs the head. He lives here. He lives among us. To make church optional or occasional is to trivialize God's vision. What God intended before the beginning of time for the kingdom today and for the world to come. You remember then, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned Karl Barth, the great Swiss theologian. He described the church, the body, as a sign. And he said it this way, the church exists to set up in the world a new sign which is radically dissimilar to the world's own manner and which contradicts it in a way which is full of promise. Now that's kind of a complicated saying. I suppose when it translated over from German to English, it made it a little bit difficult for us. But what I think he is getting at is that by looking at us, we are a sign, a new sign, he says, and a countercultural sign. We are a sign that doesn't look like the world, and we're a sign that is full of hope, full of promise. And so for several passages in the book of Ephesians point this out, but I read again one from Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10. I was chosen, Paul says, to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. This was in God's mind, but it took a while for it to be revealed. God's purpose in all this was to use the church, 
not just an individual or individuals, but the collective. To display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Could you dare to think about your presence in this community this morning as somehow making a statement to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places? You see, God is best revealed through the church when his rich variety of wisdom is bringing people together for a purpose. And so I said it a few weeks ago, and I see it happening here at McKnight Crossing. Old and young together. And how can we do that in even better ways? That's the question. And left and right together, as Brother Jeff already shared and helped us think about in our communion thought, brought together in Christ, and black and white together were my three applications a few weeks back. Then Jeremy last week, thank you Jeremy for speaking last week and for your message, he brought a powerful idea as he considered the sinful woman. You see, unlike Simon, who was the initiator of that dinner, she was broken and desperate and grateful for Jesus. And so again, I would suggest maybe we could summarize that idea with better together, and as Jeremy illustrated in several ways, worshiping around the table. Here, but in your home, and in the coffee shop, in many different ways where we're sharing our lives together. So bringing this all then full circle, the passage this morning from Mark chapter 4, that, or chapter 3, I'm sorry, that Jeremy read earlier, where Jesus' family is asking about him and these disciples are sitting in a room together and, they, uh, and, and, the, and the question as they're trying to figure this out, Jesus used his family as a picture of understanding his relationship with his followers. And we might put it this way. Those who are in that living room who he says now are my brothers and sisters because they're obeying the word of God, guess what, Dale? They're a connect group. Those who are in that living room listening to Jesus had formed this group, this band of followers. Meeting in a home, they have the master teacher in their midst. They are a family brothers and sisters, language that we've almost lost. And yet there's something powerful about that. Melanie, sister, they are better together. So this fall, as we uh, transition, we're starting a new series. 
And uh, it's based on this book by Dane Ortland called Gentle and Lowly. And if you haven't picked up your copy, we have a copy for you that's out in the foyer. It's free. <laughs> okay. Please take one. But of course, I want you to read it. Maybe there is a little string attached. Take it and read it. And I want it to be used, or I hope it can be used in our small groups, in our connect groups, and you'll see out on the table, we have 14 or so uh, connect groups that are beginning next Sunday. Well, some of them are already going, and they're all kinds. Some for older folks, some for younger folks, some that love children, others that would rather, well, okay, I won't say too much. Okay, some for families, some that meet on Wednesday nights, some that meet on Sunday nights, then a whole host of what we call huddle groups or smaller other groups that meet in coffee shops, and there's a list of those. That's another half dozen or so. And in fact, before I forget, small group leaders, connect group leaders, we're going to meet up on the fourth floor today just for a few minutes to talk about how to sync up this book with your, this, the fall series with uh, your, your groups. If you're not in one of the small groups, want to encourage that. Better together. Better together. You know, the ro rows are good, but if you think about Jesus in that home, circles are better. Putting it all together, I've got one way one nugget that I want to give to you this morning. You may even want to take a picture of it. Think about it. Maybe it's a little bit different way of thinking about your faith or uh, and your, your view of God and your view of yourself. And I'm going to say it this way. Better together. Success in life. I don't know what your definition of success is. I got a feeling we have a, we have a very variety of those and we kind of know and we try to line that with with our understanding of the Bible and the Scripture, what wins? I'm not exactly sure I can say for you, but I want to suggest this in light of this series. Success in life is measured by sharing God's story together. So here's what we're going to do as we bring this series to a close. First, a video by our brother Jason over here, who's been quite sick over the last couple of months. And then uh, Dave, sitting over here, our, one of our shepherds, is going to lead a uh, brief response time to, to a question about how can we put better together to work in this congregation. And after those two elements, we'll have a closing him together. I hope you'll find an application today that you can take with you as we move beyond this assembly. God bless you. Hey, Big Night family. My name is Jason Vincent, for anyone who does not know me, and excited to share just a little bit of some of the the highs and lows that I've walked through in the past few months and the ways that I've seen God's faithfulness in those. Um, starting with the, the, you know, the biggest one, 
was a, a tough health situation for me and I'll just take you to the emergency room with me. I was at MOBAP and had blood clots in my lungs and didn't know that just yet, but just knew it was very, very hard to breathe. And I remember experiencing a lot of emotions in there. Was sad, sad at the idea of not seeing my wife and daughters and, and more family, not seeing any of you again. Um, I was in tremendous amount of pain every breath that I took. Um, was anxious about it getting any worse because it was hard enough. And, um, but also felt very hopeful. This is part of where his faithfulness comes in for me because I felt like, you know, I knew he was hearing my prayers and I knew that there were a lot of you that were praying for me. And I knew he was hearing your prayers. And that gave me a lot of hope towards whatever happens, you know, it's gonna be within what he wants to happen because he's hearing us. Um, and I never felt alone. Um, and I felt a lot of pain, but I didn't feel alone. And that meant a lot to me, just knowing that the spirit was in me and is in me and was experiencing everything I was together with me. And so I think with all of us going through the hardest times, experiencing his faithfulness then means a lot to us. Um, also coming home from that, being able to experience you know, so many of you, um, you know, Susan Bennett and, and Jeremy leading the way with the, the meal train and enjoying the meals from you, enjoying cards and, and emails and um, phone calls just meant a lot. And even talking with Joe Shelley during that time and, and text messaging and saying, hey, uh, you know, you know, basically we're both pretty banged up here, um, but we hope we can see each other at McKnight again and, and get an experience at this last Sunday was um, actually really a high. Um, another high for me was watching NBA Finals with my daughter, um, with one of my daughters, Naomi, um, because it was great basketball, but it was really awesome doing that with her and talking about the game with her until she fell asleep every game. And also reminding me of how much I enjoyed doing that, doing that with my father, my dad. And um, if, you, if you know me well, you know most of my life or for a significant part of my life, not had the greatest relationship with my dad, but there's some good, some real good that I remember. And I appreciate God giving that opportunity. Um, some lows as well. You know, just coming up on the birthdays again of some of those I love that have gone before me. Um, and I appreciated how we at McKnight had on the screen the many that have gone on in recent times and being able to acknowledge and, and, and have the memories come to us of the blessing of time we've had with them. For me, that was reflecting on my brother's wife um, who lost her life after uh, battling cancer for over four years and, and the birthday of my mother. And there's more, but those are just a couple examples that when they occur, they're literally both lows and highs. They're lows because I miss them and it makes me sad to not have some time with them, more time with them and, and the impacts of that. But they're highs because I'm able to be grateful for just God giving each one of them to me and to our family and all the experiences there. Um, also, um, just the, the Bible plan readings that we've done as a family at McKnight have been great to me. I really appreciate and enjoy not only the devotionals and the scripture that we walk through, but hearing thoughts from each of you and being built up by those. And that has turned into some additional, um, you know, smaller settings of Bible plans with folks like Betty Vaughn and Retta Sutterfield that I've really, really enjoyed. And so um, that's that's been huge as well. Um, so. For me, that is some of the, the highs and the lows that have happened. I've really appreciated seeing God's presence and the new 
opportunities and relationship that he's opened up in each one of those. I've appreciated his encouragement to me and I've appreciated how he's been faithful to, to help me be a, an encouragement to, you know, to individuals in those situations as well. And so um, I look forward to continuing to do that together as a family.